Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So the game finished. Nottingham Forest 1, Burnley 1. And in my opinion, there were a lot of positives and negatives. Welcome to the in-depth match analysis. Good morning, evening, or good night, wherever in the world you are. Hope you're well, and welcome to the in-depth analysis for Nottingham Forest 1, Burnley 1. Coming up in today's video, we'll talk you through all the statistics. We'll look at the average player ratings, the heat maps. We'll talk about the positives, and I think there were plenty. And we also have to cover off the negatives and be as objective as we can. If you're enjoying the content, please don't forget to hit that like button. Subscribe to Forest Fan TV if you are new. And don't forget to go and get the tickets for the home kit from the 1979 European Cup winning team signed by all those heroes as well from Football Prizes. There's only a few tickets left. The link's pinned in the comments down below. All right, guys, let's jump into this. Okay, so let's have a quick kind of synopsis of the game. And honestly and realistically, Forrest should be winning that game at home against a pointless Burnley. And I literally mean zero points by pointless. It, it should be one we are we are taking three points from. But, you know, this is Forrest. We do the hard things. I said earlier in the week, I wouldn't be surprised if Forrest lost this one and went and beat Man City away from home. This is just part and parcel of the roller coaster journey that is Nottingham Forest. And that's why we love it so much. But there were plenty of positives for me. For me, the number one positive yesterday was the formation. Look, I don't expect a team to go from low block football to attacking football overnight with a click of the finger just because the formation has changed. You could still see some traits within the game where in the first five minutes, for example, Burnley were just passing the ball between their two centre-backs and Forrest were, were backing off a little. And then five minutes into the game, Forrest started to press them. Awanyi wins the ball high up the pitch, creates a chance for Callum Hudson-Odoi and you started to see glimmers of a high press being involved. 
And then you saw Sangare controlling that midfield for that first half hour. He was in the right place at the right time. We'll have a look at the heat maps in a minute and you'll kind of see where he operated. And then I got to admit, he faded off. Made a few kind of long ball passes that weren't working. Um, went for some weird skills at the end of the match that could have cost us if McKenna didn't cover for him. But Einar for me was brilliant. He was brilliant at left back and he was brilliant at right back. He was fantastic the whole night. And for me, clear man of the match. And then Turner as well looked commanding, looked solid, made a couple of decent saves. I didn't think he was under any duress throughout that whole match. And he looked very, very calm. And the other one, of course, is our wingers. I thought Hudson-Odoi was the standout winger. His finish was fantastic. And I thought Elanga was good on the right-hand side. Faded a little again, but I think the whole team kind of did. So overall, I'm not actually disappointed. And that's the weird feeling for me, is that I would have put this down, marked it down as three points in the bag every day of the week. But it wasn't a bad match to experiment against. And let's be straight here, right? You are going to have to be really stupid, really unlucky, really like un do some crazy things for you to get relegated this season. There are at least five teams that I would say are, are hell-bent on being in a relegation battle. That's Luton, that's Sheffield United, that's Burnley, someone like Wolves, Everton, and maybe even Bournemouth. Those are the teams I feel that will be fighting it out at the bottom. And I think there will be a clear divide. So I don't think it's a bad thing if Cooper wants to experiment in some of these games and just see if he can get this attacking style working. And for me, I was endeared more to Cooper yesterday because I was still expecting before 6.45 when I saw the team sheet that we were going to be playing a back three, potentially low block, etc. And I just think... In this season, it's not a bad time to try things out, if that makes any kind of sense whatsoever. In terms of the negatives, McKenna and Warrell do not work as a centre pairing in a back four at all. And th this is something we saw last year, and this has to go on Cooper. When we switched to a back four last year, he went with McKenna and Cook. They had no legs between them, especially Cook. And he stuck with that for ages and it was costing us goals because of the pace, balls in behind, etc. And I don't think that pairing works. I actually think they both played okay yesterday, but the problem you have with both of them is the mistakes and mistakes do come and happen. And we'll talk about that a bit more in a minute. But overall, overall, my overarching feeling in this is that it was quite positive. Yes, I would definitely have liked the three points. But what you had was because we got three points unexpectedly or against, you know, the odds at Chelsea, that gave us a little bit of freedom to try these experimental things yesterday. And I think plenty of them did work. But it still needs fine-tuning. And as I said a few minutes ago, you can't just flick the switch and expect someone who's a team who's who's been low-blocking for the past 12 months to suddenly be able to turn into prime Brazil. So those are my thoughts on that. But what I want to show you is how that looked in terms of average player positions. So let's get across to that now. Okay, so this is how we set up in the average players' positions for both Burnley and Nottingham Forest before any substitutions were made. And already just looking at it, 
there's so much improvement in my opinion on it. One thing I'll say though, just ignore where um, Ola Einar is, is because he obviously moved to right back, so the average position looks more central. So if I just draw him, he would have averaged about here on the first half. <clears throat> and the real interesting thing for me is normally Forrest will average one, max two players in the opposition half. Usually you'll see um, our knee in the opposition half on average. You'll see Brennan Johnson on the right-hand side and then Morgan Gibbs-White just about crossing in. Here we've got five players. That's half our outfield team. Average position in the opposition half. And I really do like that. The shape itself shows you more width. Usually there's nothing down that left-hand side. We focus all of our attention down here on the right-hand channel, and there's no real players out here. And you can see there's more balance already just by that formation in terms of an attacking threat, in terms of the positions the players were getting themselves into. And what I really like is this line here for the defense. It's about halfway up our own half. It is the correct line, but with the incorrect players, in my opinion. Having a Niakate in there and having a Felipe in there would have been ideal. Now, Bolly was sick, apparently. There was no talks on Felipe being injured or anything like that. I'm not sure what's going on with Felipe, and I am not sure why Niakate didn't start, because he is match fit, in my opinion. But that's by and by. The point here is the shape of the team looks a lot, lot better. And I do like it. Now, if we go a step further and you can see with Burnley, what they tried to do was block out the middle of the park here. If I just uh, bring this up quickly, you can see most of their players are playing quite narrow, even though they were down to play in a 4-4-2. You can throw a blanket pretty much over all their players as they went middle. And what did this mean? This meant the spaces were out wide for Nottingham Forest, and hence why this 4-2-3-1 technically and on paper should have worked and worked comfortably. We created a lot of chances in that first half. However, our shooting is woeful. It has to be said. And that's a negative to take out of the game. <coughs> Excuse me again. My voice is still gone. So overall, I was pleased with that. Now, if we have a look at the second half, you can see that Forrest started to adapt a bit more of a narrow formation. And that, for me, probably cost us a little bit because the spaces weren't as freely available down that middle part of the park. And you can see that Alanga was still creating some space. You could almost argue this started to turn a bit into what we were used to with more of the um, players pushing forward down the right-hand side rather down, than down the left-hand side. But overall, overall, I think there are good signs looking at that shape. The other thing I want to point out is Sangare. Now, obviously, we've bigged him up. And why would we not? He's a cracking player. His positional play there, you can see he was sitting in front of the defense, just on that right-hand side. And that's where you want your number six. We'll show you his heat map in a minute. He got forward at the right times, stayed back at the right times, made a couple of great interceptions in the box. And I think for a player who's had a training session or two max, whose only communication on that pitch could come from Mangala, I think he was okay. I think it was okay. It wasn't sensational. It wasn't amazing. The first half hour was, but... For me, there's still plenty more to come, and that's only a good thing. So, hope that makes sense. Hope that gives you a better picture of what's going on in terms of the average player positions. Let's move on and have a look at some of the heat maps. <clears throat> okay, so having a look at the heat maps, you can see that the one, the thing that stood out for me the most, and we'll talk about this now, is Burnley's heat map down their left-hand channel down here. 
And that was because they were targeting Montiel. And Montiel, we've got to be straight, didn't have a good performance at all. Was getting caught in behind so many times uh, by the youngster here. Let's even see how many touches he's had there. He had 48 touches and he was playing very high up against us. And that's where their real threat was coming. If you look down Einar's side there, there wasn't too much at all. We had them nicely locked out. Even when Tavares came in, I thought we were quite solid down that left-hand side. But what's interesting is that middle battle here in the forest area was being won by us. Usually, usually that tends to be a place of weakness for us. You would see oppositions of better quality, maybe having more touches in and around this area. We kept them at bay and we almost forced them out wide down this left-hand channel. Now, in terms of the forest players, I want to start with Manga uh, with uh, sorry Sangare. And there's his heat map there. And this is almost a textbook number six heat map. You can see predominantly it was in our own half. He was had 56 touches overall, but he was getting forward at the right times. And he was also winning the ball in that 30 minute, that golden period that I keep going on about. He was winning the ball higher up the pitch and causing turnovers and giving us ch a chance to create um, you know, opportunities to um, start our attacks from. So overall, I think there's a lot of positives to take from Sangare, but let's not like overhype his performance. It wasn't amazing, but it was good. Now, if we have a look at the likes of um, Montiel, you can see that it's very disconnected. There's, there's a concentration of touches um, in our own half. But for me, he was getting too far forward. In at the right times, this was okay because it was creating overlaps and overloads with Alanga. And it worked, again, back in that first 30 minutes. We were getting those overloads in. His crosses weren't great, to be honest, during the game when he did make um, some. And I think that final cross he did was the final straw for Cooper that pulled him off. But overall, overall, he's got... You can't write him off yet. That's what I'd say. If, if we look back at performances over the, just the last 12 months of players that came in and didn't have... A great debut. You could look at the likes of Lodi. You could look at the likes of Danilo. So to write him off completely now isn't the right um, approach, in my opinion. He's he's not a bad player. I still think Serge Aurier is better than him, but I don't think we can just write him off just yet. But that was his heat map. And overall, the touches between the two teams, there's 586 for Forest, 675 for Burnley. So they did dominate possession. I think we had 46% possession to their 54. I would have preferred that, and I would have liked to have seen that maybe more in favor of Forest. But this formation is going to have to be a working progress. And we're not going to see it against Man City on Saturday. That's a given. We're probably going to go back and revert to a back three. But Going forward from that, going forward from that, the signs within this one are positive for me. Okay, so looking at the match as an overall picture, look, there was plenty of positives uh, to take and there was some negatives as well. And I think that's the correct approach when doing an in-depth analysis on the game is that you have to, you can't just sit there and say everything was fantastic or everything was crap. You got to have a balanced approach, talk about the good stuff, talk about the bad stuff and look to see how the team can improve from there. So I think the biggest problem we've got now is that it's Man City next. It would have been nice if maybe we had the Brentford game at home next or maybe a Luton or something like that. So Cooper could look to develop this style and this play going forward. 
but it's going to be broken up by this Man City game. I fully expect Forrest to go back into a back three, low block football. And honestly, I don't have too many problems with that. I mean, whatever you do against Man City, they're probably going to find a way to beat you. But maybe, maybe with that in mind, maybe it's not just a bad idea just to try this out again at Man City. Free swing, as they say, and just see what happens. Who knows? But we'll talk about Man City later on in the week. We do have a goal for you coming up tonight at about 8.45, depending on where, when the other guys are free. So look out for that, where we will go into more details about this game and break it down and get the other guys' opinions on it all. If you've enjoyed the video, please don't forget to hit that like button. Subscribe to Forest Fan TV if you are new. And we'll see you tonight on the live stream. And come on, you Reds. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.